0: Hi, I'm Garth
1: Hand. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're
0: the Forex
2: Angels, and you're listening to the V8
3: Insiders.
4: It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell.
0: Is this weekend the end of the season? We'll see plenty of carnies there. It's, it's people
5: trying to get that last win of the year. It's We're all desperate. Or the Will Davison promotional tour? We can all laugh at each other. You can't take each other too seriously. The Sydney 500 starts today
0: as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
3: This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: This weekend, the Sydney 500 will be a tough end of the championship, Season 4, But with Jamie Winkup and Craig Lowndes already locked into the top two places in the championship, they will look to turn their Sydney form around. No, we haven't. It's been
2: a couple of years that uh, you know we've raced there and really haven't got our head around the circuit. Circumstances have led to uh, having problems. And, of course, uh, last year, Jamie hitting the wall with the other guys uh, in the wet weather conditions.
0: Team Vodafone set up their weekend with their final U versus T Vodafone Challenge with with a giant rubber ducky race at Sydney's Cockle Bay in Darling Harbour.
6: Yeah, always a good laugh. Always a good laugh. The
2: boys, uh... We, we we keep we keep getting dirty, don't we? I, I couldn't have it help but give the a bit of an awe the stab in the inside their uh, their, their duck feather. <laughs> no, it
0: was it was good. We we had we had some fun. We got dogged with a thirty
5: second
2: yeah.
0: penalty, which is about a minute and a half. But we're used to that in v because Frosty said that this track is one of the toughest to finish the year on.
5: It's a very tough place. Uh, summer, Western Sydney, um, forty degree potential. Um, it's very very tough. Very tough circuit. Um, It's got it all going on, so um, I'm looking forward to the challenge. You've got to be fit, you've got to be mentally strong, and uh, you've got to be there at the end, so I'm looking forward to it. And what is he looking for Santa to bring him
0: this Christmas?
5: Uh, All I'd like is a championship, so if he can deliver me that next year, um, dive deep into his sack and pull that one out for me, that'd be... uh, That'd be what I'm after. Lee Holsworth is a favourite among many
0: this weekend with an unbelievable qualifying record at the Sydney track, never off the front row.
5: Three out of the four poles there, so it's a good record. It'd be nice to go back there and get a couple more and um,
1: and another race win because it's a it's a brilliant track. I love the atmosphere up there and I love streak circuits.
0: For Holsworth, it'll be a bittersweet weekend with it being his final race with Gary Rogers Motorsport before moving to Stone Brothers Racing. it would be nice to finish
1: off with a win at GRM for the end of the year. And
0: with Team Vodafone looking to wrap up the championship with a 1-2, Lethal thinks the others will be able to get the elbows out. You know, I'm sure Wind Cups probably um, and Lowndes, they're trying as hard as they can, but without trying to
1: get involved in accidents. So they're probably going to be a bit more conservative, whereas you know, a lot of uh, the bikes further down the field, like myself... Um, you know, we have nothing to lose, so we'll be
0: going all out to win. The same sentiments are shared by Rick Kelly over at Jack Daniels Racing.
7: For us, we can um, take a bit of a different stance and learn as much as we can from the weekend and just go for outright results. We don't have anything championship-wise to worry about but but trying to win that, that event.
0: Kelly Racing is looking to wrap up their year with a bang. The team having its best season on and off the track.
7: Move forward, it wasn't what we hoped for for this year. We really wanted to get a car in the, in the top three, which is a big, big aim, and we fell short of that. At the moment, we're sitting on equal third as far as race wins go. I think it's Jamie and Craig, obviously up front, and myself and Garth have both won three each. So for for us, that's a good achievement. There's no doubt. The wet weather at rounds has helped us, but you've got to be good in, in both conditions. We're very strong in one, and we need to improve in the other. So. Two poles as well, that's that's good for us, but we, we do need to take that next step now, and everyone's quite focused on that, and we've certainly got a few exciting things going on, um, both on the car and within the business, that you know, are, are certainly ingredients that could take us to that, that next level.
0: And finally, the Will Davison promotional tour. has been an amazing ride, starting last week when he and Tim Slade linked up to check out the Batmobile.
5: Probably the most stupid thing I've ever done, but uh, just quietly I'm enjoying myself right now. About to go for a rundown and fight some crime. It continued on with Wednesday's
0: Westfield
5: Penrith promotional signing. If there's a bargain there, you know, I I might get something if something jumps out on me, but uh, we'll see what happens. I don't know. And is Davison happy with the Mo for Movember? For a good cause. There's some amazing fans out there that have donated their hard-earned money to me to look ridiculous. I know I look ridiculous. Find out on the white Flag Lap where it all ends. Expect to
0: see some new looks in the Fujitsu Series this weekend as Andrew Thompson attempts to secure his first championship. Ford Performance Racing have announced that Chas Mostert's Falcon will be sponsored by the Royal Australian Navy, running the number 100 to mark the Navy centenary. Marcus of Kanovic has secured STR truck bodies for his Commodore in a one-off deal. And Friday morning at Homebush, the car of the future will officially be unveiled by Mark Scaife and Neil Crompton, who will turn some laps on the Sydney track. That's the news on the V8 Insiders.
3: After the break, we go rustling with David next. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars.
4: The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm
0: Lee Holdsworth. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Once again on the V8 Insiders, it's time to go rustling with Dave in the Fujitsu series. Dave Russell joining us and uh, Sandown. Gee, you couldn't have asked for too much vaster differences in conditions over the weekend, Dave.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a sort of weekend, you know, we, where we had um, changing conditions, you know, very, very hot in practice and rain in qualifying and a damp track uh, in, in the races. So, yeah, it was testing conditions for everyone out there.
0: How did you enjoy getting out there, though, and back into the car? What, was since Bathurst was your last time out?
1: Yeah, look, um... We, we, to be honest, we didn't have the best round. Um, we, we rolled the rolled the car out of the truck, and um, we were, we we're well sort of uh, out of the window. In in practice, we needed we needed to make some wholesale changes, and and. Uh, you know, we, we didn't really convert those too well in practice too. Um, we didn't run the same quality of tyres that some other people did. So, you know, I was pretty confident where we fitted in the scheme of things, seeing um, some guys had um, new tyres at their disposal to run in, in uh, second practice. So, uh, But, look, uh, it, it all got mixed up in qualifying because uh, down, down uh, came the rain and, you know, I was pretty happy with that because... Um, I thought, well, it's the same for everyone, and uh, I'll just go out and have a have a bit of a crack. And um, yeah, to be honest, there's a lot of red flags in qualifying, so that everyone has a story to tell about how their their you know lap was. Um you know, disallowed by, you know, a red flag coming out. But, um, you know, it was disappointing for me because we had two of the best sectors up, which would have given us pole position um, had we con- converted that last sector. And, um, yeah, red flag out and uh, they can't in the session. So, um, yeah, but look, oh, you know, I qualified third. I was um, reasonably happy with that and the fact that, um, you know, I could have quite easily... Uh, you know, if you're on those um, first couple of rows, it's not a bad way to start the weekend.
0: Mm. Of course, we spoke right at the beginning of the year with the goal of being the best of the Fujitsu specialist teams, and as the years gone on, it's got harder and harder to get towards the front because more and more main game teams have decided that they need to be involved. We we saw that once again with FPR now putting a car out there. How have you seen how? Mw Motorsport and the Jayco team has had to respond to more and more factory involvement or more and more main game involvement.
1: Yeah, well, look, you know, I, we we can't really respond that much. There's, there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing effectively we can do to our cars. We 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 know um, without spending thousands of dollars re-engineering the car and putting whole new componentry throughout the cars. Uh, yeah, that's that's what you're up against with um, these level one teams and and the. The, the live feed of data that they um, they then send to their Fujitsu series cars. So, you know, obviously the Team Vodafone cars filter it down to Andrew Thompson. Uh, the Stone Brothers cars filter down to um, the McLaughlin cars. Then, obviously, the FVR do the same. So, look, um, they've got no excuses. That's, that's the thing, and, you know... Um, it makes it very easy to drive, and following some of those cars over the weekend, uh, it's really obvious at track like Sandown, where I'm sure you've watched the V8 supercars um, try and put their power down as they come out of the last turn, and you hear them bouncing and uh, you know trying to get put their power down as they're grabbing gears and hitting the you know the quite bad bumps, and very obvious to see how well these cars are set because they really motor off that last turn, and um, you know you can see in some of the older cars that that are out there they're really struggling to put their power down and not only that these guys have got (laughs) they've got top rack horsepower because they're running current engines as well so it uh, it does make it hard and you know I've I've, um, I've really had to lift my game this year to to you know, match these guys and 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 take the fight to them. And you know, some rounds you can you can manage to you know really outdrive some of those guys. And um, you know, some rounds you're punching as hard as you possibly can, and and you're still um, you know you're still having trouble matching them on the straights, um, particularly at uh, Sandown. You know, with some the long back straight there is pretty obvious. You had some decent horsepower there over yeah. the weekend.
0: Now, of course, you go off to Sydney. And concentrate on that as you uh, continue to try and uh, get yourself into the main game. What will Sydney mean to your 2012?
1: Oh, look, it's just a chance to, to finish off the year. You know, uh, it, mathematically, there's a chance that I can still win the championship, but how, how, in what circumstance, that's going to come? Come around, um, Andrew Thompson would have to DNF pretty much DNF both races at at, um, at Sydney, and I'd have to have a result where um, you know I'm top five in both races um, for that to occur. So the likelihood of that is um, is not very high. So um, in, in fact, you know, as you said earlier, if, you know, if I can be the if I can be the top Fujitsu series car, in fact, uh, being in an, in an older vehicle um, with a team, so to speak. Um, you know, I can still be proud of that. It's not a championship win. It wasn't what I was looking for at the start of the year. But, um, you know, as, as the uh, game has changed and the equipment has changed, um, I, I can still hold my head up high and say, you know, hey, that was well done to the team and, uh, well done to myself for, for putting in a, a good result for the championship. And, and that's what we're going to look, you know, to, to have a strong finish. You know, it'd be nice to say, yeah, you know what, I'd love to beat, um, love to beat Tomo on, on the, streets at Homebush and yeah certainly that's what I'm going to be trying to do and um, we certainly um, you can see with the actual shock absorber or the damper control over the curbs and all that sort of stuff again those cars are just going to be something else um, compared to some of these older vehicles so you know I'm sure you'll see some highlights of, of certain cars flying over the curbs and you'll see the ones that are riding them a lot better because they're not going to be getting you know shot up in the air as much and all that sort of stuff so it's yeah it's really important around for you to get your car set up right. And, also, a very important round to bring the car home straight because there's a lot of walls to hit, but it's, um, it's an exciting track to drive on and I'm really looking forward to going there. Mm.
0: Now, the fellow you've got to keep behind you is, of course, Jack Perkins. He's been uh, talking up the fact that you've got to get rid of the reverse grid races because when you have two races on the weekend, it's much better for you when you try to get into the main game. What are your thoughts on that?
1: yeah I think he's right um you know I, I certainly haven 't been a supporter of the of the reverse grid races either you know the The fact is that it, it seems to be the Sunday morning race when everyone gets out of bed and all of a sudden they want to want to race harder than they did the day before and it 's a half points race it's fifty points and there's there's little points that separates each position so you know it, it's it's really more of a Spectacle race for oh, let's see how many guys can run into each other and take each other out in trying to get to the to the front. With a race that really, it's a half points race and doesn't mean too much. So, I think that Jack, Jack's right. You know, the series has gone past that. We've got enough. Um, we've got enough. You know, front running cars to just still have a spectacle of good passing and all that sort of stuff without having to, um, you know, right right throughout the field. The guys, there's always plenty of dices going on. So, you know. The thing is we don't need a reverse grid race to try and spice things up and, you know, I just think it's unexpected, um, you know, costs and damage for the teams who, there's a lot of teams struggling to get there round by round and when they have someone stove in their um, driver's or passenger's door trying to get past for three points um, for the round, it doesn't really make too much sense.
0: Mm, It is. It's an interesting problem, isn't it? And uh, Dave, we know you've got Sydney coming up we wish you all the best for that. Of course, you said it's a big hurdle to try and get over, Tomo. But uh, we do hope you can stay in front of the rest of the pack and uh, come up with that almost first private here result.
1: Yeah, that's right. And you know, if, if we can finish the year off good, and as you say, early, said earlier, you know, um, as for two thousand and twelve, we'll you know we'll certainly uh, yeah, if we finish off the year well, that'll put us in, in um, yeah, good good position to uh, you know see see potentially what's um, yeah, what's out there and what what options are there for for
0: next year? Mm. Dave, always a pleasure to catch up with you here on the V8 Insiders.
1: Great, thanks everyone. Thanks for having me on, and uh, catch you at Homebush.
4: Will do indeed. The roundtable is up next. We hope you stay with us. Controversy corner is next. When we return with more on the V8 Insiders.
3: To
4: ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au.
0: Hi, I'm Craig Lounce from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, joining us this week from Race Facts, it's Tony Whitlock. Good evening, Tony.
2: Oh, day, Craig.
0: And from speedtv.com.au, it's Jacob Black. Jacob, how are you going?
6: Always good, Craig. Thanks for asking. Hope you're going well.
0: I am indeed, with the season almost at an end. For some of us, it will feel like an eternity till the tra- cars get back out on the track again in the beginning of March. For others, it'll seem like the blink of an eye. Tony, which camp are you in?
6: I'm definitely in the five-minute camp.
0: And what about you, Jacob?
6: I'm in the eternity camp. I'm just lucky that we've got things like Race of Champions and Dakar Rally and other things to, uh, to keep us amused in the meantime. But I'll oh, be, no, no, I'll be having a a, withdrawal. Of, It's not a lack of things to amuse me. It's the fact I haven't got enough
2: time in between the first and the last, or the last and the first.
0: Mm. (laughs) Very much a case of Jamie Wincup is biding time till Sunday evening when he can be crowned the champion. Does anyone give him a realistic chance of losing this one, Jacob?
6: Uh, When I saw Craig Lowndes at four and a half to one just before Bathurst and put my $100 on... I, I did think, but uh, but right at the moment I'm, I don't think there's any chance and I think I've lost some money.
0: Tony?
2: Jacob, are you aware that the people who set the odds are only doing it to make money? They're not actually people who know anything about motor racing? and there's they don't know anything about AFL or NRL, all they know is about making money and not losing money. So don't go looking at odds as an indicator as to the way things are going to go. No, Jamie will not lose the championship. He will become the second driver in the history of Australian touring car racing to win the championship in both a Ford and a Holden.
0: How special is that achievement? I know that we've talked about Craig Lowndes not being able to do it, but how many other people have actually tried, Tony?
2: Uh, Tried to win in both a Ford and a Holden? Yeah. Oh, I don't know how many have tried, but um, Norm Beachy was the first and the only other one who's done it. And Norm was, in fact, quite an exceptional man because he changed cars constantly. It wasn't just one brand to another. It was all sorts of things. I was lucky enough when I was 18 to drive the Barracuda, the Plymouth Barracuda he bought to Australia to evaluate for racing in Australia.
0: And, well, since that time, though, we have seen a lot of guys jump ship, and we're, we're seeing more and more guys jumping ship all the time as now brand loyalty doesn't seem to be part of the ethos of any sort of motorsport.
2: one of the things, Craig, since I've been covering this series in 18 years, I've long regarded that there aren't two brands racing. There's eight, ten or so brands. Each team is a brand because each team makes their own chassis so that each individual character of that chassis is put into the car. So it's not a Ford and a Holden. The fact they carry those badges on the front... Uh, you know, I mean, and, and the next time round, of course, with the car of the future, it'll be uh, anything,
6: including a Hyundai. Mm. Well, I, I, I agree with you there, Tony, but I think you've been kinder than I would be because, uh, although you might agree with me that when Norm Beachy did this, this was an enormous achievement and a big task and a, and a real adjustment that he had to make. When Jamie Wincup does it on Sunday or Saturday, even as the case may end up being, um, it's really not that big a jump for him. It's not, uh, well, while his three championships are obviously an enormous achievement. The fact that he's been able to do it in two marks um, is almost utterly irrelevant to me because the cars are
3: just not that different.
0: And it comes to Tony's point, he's done it in a triple eight car as opposed to him doing it in a Gary Rogers motorsport car, then going to triple eight and doing it there. And I think, Tony, that is becoming, or, or what will this series become,
2: Indeed, it will, um, and you know, I mean, the, the, the brand of chassis um, has a lot to do it. In the same way, brand of engine. I mean, you know, there aren't that many engine companies that have won the series. And one of the things, of course, is that um, you know, Triple Eight have been doing it. And they did it with one brand and then the other brand, but there were many common factors: the people working on it, the people designing it, the people building the engines. They're all the same people involved. Mm.
0: And that just is a testimony of the fact that the things that had to change, their engineers were of the quality and calibre to be able to manufacture that change and to make those adjustments, the driver having the uh, benefit of that technology and, and technological ability, perhaps.
2: One of the great things that Roland Dane did was most of the staff that John Briggs already employed and had been there for two or three years are still there today, in particular the two engineers, Jeremy and Dutto. And those two guys, they started back in the days when uh, Better Electrical and Johnny Bow and all those sort of Steve Ellery were all there. And um, Roland has done as much a job as assembling a bunch of people to build championships as he has as keeping those guys and giving them the tools to keep improving.
0: Mm, Well, Jacob, if the battle for the championship is over then what about the battle for third place? Because we've already said Craig can't lose second.
6: Well, the battle for third's a, a lot more interesting prospect, obviously, with, with Tanner and Van Gisbergen and, and, uh, and Winterbottom involved in that one. Um, I think they're probably the three guys who it's really going to come down to. But for my money, I think it's, it's probably going to be win, uh, Winterbottom. He's got an advantage heading into the final round. It's 45 points, which is significant enough. And I think that that team is, is on form in the final part of this season. So I think that uh, I think at the end of the day it's going to be Winterbottom that claims third. Uh, certainly it's been a resurgence for, for Garth Tander of sorts to, to be in that hunt properly. Um, and Shane Van Gisbergen might, might end up wondering uh, you know, what might have been because I think he was, he was on form to be that guy by the midpoint of the season.
0: Mm. Tony... What was the switch that was flicked at FPR that went from absolutely no idea what they're doing and to now being a, a serious contender? Uh,
2: look, I, I think it was a number of factors, but certainly it was the embarrassment of Queensland Raceway. Um, you know, they've um, been through uh, metamorphosis on several years in the last few trying to get there. Um, clearly, Campbell and uh, Mark are working well. The influx of um, Tim Nielsen um, has uh, made an impact, and I think the whole of FBR has lifted their game. I mean, you know, Winterbottom hasn't been off a podium, I think, in the last six races. His wingman in, in uh, Davison is certainly coming on strong. Um, and, that you know, I mean, Paul Dumbrell showed that they're, they're not out of it far, and, and Alberto wasn't far out of it. Um, so... Uh, you know, I think it's uh, it, finally some things are starting to click there. At the same time, HRT, you know, have, have had some rough times early in the year. Um, uh, you know, obviously a Bathurst year, winning year is always a good one. But Garth clearly showed again. Courtney made the podium on Saturday, and Garth showed that both Saturday and Sunday that you know he's a very capable driver and capable of lifting a car well up uh, beyond um, what most others can.
0: Mm. Well, well, I tra- don't
6: think that. I think the other thing there is that it's not for the first time that Ford Performance Racing have come on strong in this final part of the season post-Bathurst. They did exactly the same thing last year where Winterbottom confided himself to to Sebastian Vettel, you know, coming from way out from behind and and coming home with a head of steam. So I think there's something about the final part of the season that clicks for FPR just naturally uh, anyway. Mm.
0: Well, we will talk more about Sydney because there's plenty more to talk about there, but uh, it's time on V8 Insiders for Gas and Go.
3: Gas and Go is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: Gas and Go brought to you by V8X Magazine. Don't forget to check out the brand new website, v8xmagazine.com.au. Gas and Go. Should Paul Dumbrell quit Jacob Black?
6: Uh, Yes, I think it's obvious that his heart's not really in it and that he's got other priorities in his life and I think it's the perfect time for him to to say, "Okay, there's a seat here for someone else that could take it. Tony? He's been
0: saying yes,
2: no, yes, no for at least two years, maybe even longer than that, and he's become too inconsistent. Um, Yes, he's quick when he's quick, but uh, there's no way you can do anything like this without being 100%, and he's not. He's clearly got a very massive job to do and he should go and do it.
0: Mm. Should Todd Kelly stay, Tony?
2: Yes, indeed. Um, As much to uh, uh, provide himself with the uh, input on how to improve the car, because they're a four-car team, he clearly has enough knowledge on both making the cars fast and making the place work. I mean, it's been interesting, the influx of uh, Tony Dow, who clearly will provide... As much uh, a degree of what not to do as what to do.
0: Should, uh, Jacob?
6: I I think that Todd Kelly's obviously got a lot of speed still and a lot lot to offer, so I think he should say. I think it's interesting that we talked about Paul Dumbrell having a big job to do and being unfocused on the driving job, and maybe Todd Kelly's got that same that same issue, but I definitely think that he belongs in the sport and that as a driver and in terms of pace and what he can offer that team, that he definitely belongs behind the wheel. Mm.
0: Now, Jacob, should Sydney stay the final round? And I'm saying that knowing all the contractual arrangements in place, knowing that there's a hostile government that they're having to work very hard behind the scenes on, but should it be the final race of the series?
6: I believe it should. I think it's a great event, it's a great spectacle and it's, it's, um, I believe that it's brought... V8 supercars into the Sydney consciousness a lot more than an Eastern Creek or an Oran Park round ever did um, so I've, I'm 100% supportive of, of the Homebush round being the final round and I think that that's, that's exactly where it should stay Tony? Yeah it you know, yeah, major
2: market and um, if I, visit, I think uh, tomorrow there's a truck parade through the city so you know, which might result in a few hundred maybe a thousand or so people heading out there that may not have so yes it's worth it
0: mm. Will Warren Luff, Tony, find another ride?
2: I don't think he'll be looking to find a full-time drive. I, I spoke to him a couple of days ago. Um, he certainly put his name out there, and I think he'd be looking for a plum drive. And, you know, the most obvious one is that uh, he, he partners Lowndes, um as they'll be sharing the Audi again next year, and uh, Scaife's uh, left the seat free for him.
0: Mm. Jacob?
6: I agree. I think you'd, you'd probably find a better pay packet in a in one of the endurance drives, and he might find better success as well in one of the endurance drives.
0: Mm. Will anyone, Jacob Black, stop the 888 dominance in the last year we have ahead of the current car?
6: Well, I think that uh, we should certainly hope that someone does because I can't see anyone getting anywhere near them in 2013 when Car of the Future comes out. So I think that um, this might be the last chance for a while to, to pull up the Triple Eight momentum because it's a juggernaut and it's, it's rolling on and, and when Car of the Future comes, that's only going to pick up speed unless uh, someone can get in next year and, and give them a rattle. And hopefully that'll be someone like a Ford Performance Racing. Hopefully this momentum that they've got this year at the end of the season, they'll carry into next year, unlike what they did you know, last year and into the beginning of this year. So hopefully it's an FPR or a Stone Brothers even. They're they're still kicking goals. But the Triple Eight machine is just so well-oiled. Tony talked before about the people that have been in there and the time they've been in there for. There's no-one in pit lane that operates with that consistency and that sort of uh, discipline that that team operate with, and that's really frightening for people that might want to see someone else get up.
0: Mm, Tony?
6: Uh, Jacob, you, you
2: probably weren't covering the sport from standing beside it, but um, you've forgotten the time in the uh, in the early two uh, thousands when uh, HRT was doing the same sort of thing, and um, Scaife was uh, rattling out pole position after weekend after weekend. When he joined the series in the late nineties, and from then until sort of oh uh, four oh five. Um, HRT ruled and they they rolled their cars out of the trucks and they were fast and they just kept on doing it they lost their way you know, that happens I don't believe HRT will lose their way uh, 888 will lose their way but I think others will
3: You know, get up and uh, get over them
0: Mm, That's Gas and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders
3: Gas and Go is brought to you by the V8X Magazine Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes.
0: After the break, Tony Whitlock and Jacob Black will continue to talk Sydney here on the V8 Insiders.
4: Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders.
3: You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi,
5: I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders, Speed TV's.
0: Jacob Black and also Race Faxes Tony Whitlock joined me, Craig Revel, and guys. We were talking about Sydney before gas and go and the break, and I want to know: Do we think we could see the carnage of 2010? I will say that Friday's the rain day in the schedule this year. If you go by the Bureau of Meteorology, um,
2: yeah, look, it's possible. We've had a, a pretty good year with uh, not having uh, carnage this year. There haven't been we've had wet races, but we haven't had. Uh, any uh, massive accidents, thank God. Um, and thank the many crews and drivers who worked hard to become better at their jobs. Um, I don't think that it's likely we'll see massive carnage, but there'll probably be one or two cars that'll uh, be
6: needing a, a, a good birthday over Christmas.
0: Mm. Jacob?
6: Oh, uh, there won't be the deluge that we saw last, last year on Saturday, so that'll, that'll keep things to a minimum down to a minimum, but it's it's worth noting that that circuit has thrown up some big surprises uh, in recent years. But, no, I I agree with Tony. I I don't see that after the consistency we've seen this year, there won't be anything big there, and there's no-one with a real nasty score to settle, and there's no-one with any real reason to go out and throw anything on the line in a big way. Mm.
0: Of course, uh, Jacob, we have seen a number of first-time winners at the circuit, and, uh, of course, Jonathan Webb's fantastic drive comes to mind. Do we think we'll see a first-time winner? I, I've got someone in mind. I want to see if anyone else might go there. But uh, Jacob,
6: I think if we do, it'll be uh, it'll it'll be David Reynolds, um, and and then it's probably going to rely on on some trick of of rain or weather in qualifying or track condition that'll that'll sort of upset the qualifying order a bit, and then if if we can get that to happen and get a David Reynolds up into the top four or top three in qualifying, uh, we'll probably see a David Reynolds win. He's probably the best hope, I think, uh, despite the speed and and the success that Tim Slade's had throughout the year. So I think if we do, it'll be David Reynolds, but I can't see it happening. I think it'll be a pretty tightly controlled race with two team Vodafone cars out the front. Tony? Um,
0: I'd throw another one in there, and that's
6: Stevie
2: Owen. Um, You know, the Morris... uh uh, may not have uh, occurred as uh, many thought of would and of course he'll be still looking to cement his uh, claim for next year I mean there's still licences changing hands so I see him as uh, one who will be working hard to try and get a win uh, at least a podium certainly Reynolds is uh, capable of doing that and has been promising lots Um, yeah I mean a surprise winner quite
0: probably Mm. Because David Reynolds was the one that immediately came to my mind because his last visit to Sydney in the Sunday, by the Sunday race in the, uh, what was it back then, the Bundy red car, he was absolutely flying around that circuit. And if he can carry that experience and momentum, he could be one to watch. Guys, uh, just as we're wrapping up here, uh, the Fujitsu series, it's got an interesting battle because we talked about 888 dominance and that's what Andrew Thompson has provided in the Fujitsu series but Dave Russell has got a mathematical you know if you can shake the Ouija board up a bit he could still do the unthinkable and have a privateer from a long way back get the money. Jacob I know you're looking forward to this topic.
6: I am I think that uh, the fact that Dave Russell has a mathematical chance is testament to the, to the quality of driver he is, and probably to the fact that Andrew Thompson has got some great machinery and, and definitely some experience and some skills, but I think if you swapped those two drivers in those two cars for a season, David Russell wouldn't have let Andrew Thompson have a mathematical advantage or any other type of advantage coming into, oh, sorry, probability or any probability at all coming into the final round of the season, he would have sealed it up, I'd have
0: to say. Tony, what's your take on the, the factory versus privateer battle?
2: Um, well, I think that Matthew White and, and his team will uh, lift their game and um, I think David will also. I mean, he'll, uh, he'll admit I'm certain that he didn't do as good a job as he should have at Sandown. Um, he should have been on podiums at the very least there. Um, And, yes, he'll give himself uh, that mathematical chance. Um, But, you know, they've got to have a a fast uh, Matthew White um, um, falcon there for him to have a go at.
0: Mm. It is an interesting position the Fujitsu series is in because we are seeing more and more main game cars entering this field. I personally think it's a great thing for the sport. But it does mean for the privateer teams it is going to make it harder and harder for them to perform without having to find the budgets to be able to match what the main game teams will have, Tony.
2: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, this is the whole thing. I mean, the, the benchmark's moved up with them there. And quite obviously the uh, the lack of uh, pairing um, for, for the season regulars in the main series um, has uh, d- dramatically improved the chances for guys from the development series getting a go, as Nick Burkatt showed, and he grew a leg um, to, to, at Bathurst. I mean he, he did a pretty poor job at Sandown If he'd done that same job at Bathurst, I doubt very much he'd still be driving for Walkinshaw, but he didn't. He did a great job and, and gave them a Bathurst win to recover their year. So you know these, these guys, kids, I won't call them because they're in their 20s, uh, are capable of delivering what's needed, and and this is fantastic. I mean, it's great the series now has that, contrary to what some people believe, that um, they should all be paired.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Jacob, are you a fan of keeping them in their cars?
6: I'm, I'm a fan of keeping them in their cars, for sure. I think that what it's done and what it's led to in the development series is probably a concern, though, and I wonder if there's, there's something we can do where we say that, you can't race a car that's more than more than two or three years old or whatever it is in a development series or put some other sort of limitation on it. I mean, there's rules that exist in V8 supercars with engines that don't exist in a development series in terms of camshafts and things like that, where, you know, teams that have a budget and have experience um, have such a dramatic advantage that it's almost a little bit like coming down and kicking a baby sometimes. I just feel like... There's got to be something done to even up that playing field in terms of the regulations in that series if you're going to continue to allow main game teams to compete because you've got to have guys that have a chance to prove themselves and come up and and battle their way into that grid without being part of a main game operation from from the outset. And I think that you can't have that with the situation as it is at the moment.
0: Tony, do you share Jacob's concerns?
6: Oh...
2: No, look, at, you know, I mean, the whole thing is changing again because obviously in 13 there's a, you know, controlled car and, and uh, it's going to be a very different game again. Um, look, you know, I mean, the team owners will all bitch and moan about the money they're having to pay uh, the, um, for endurance uh, co-drivers. Um, but, you know, I mean, they think nothing is spending that sort of money when they need to chasing engine power or some other advantage where they can get it. So, I mean, I happen to think it's a great thing. Um, I don't look forward to the day when they totally open it up at Bathurst for the guys to be able to do Bathurst, uh, Sandown, and Gold Coast because it'll mean that the local guys will miss out some of those guys. Hmm. Um, as it is now, that you know they all get a good go. I mean, obviously we want to have some internationals in at Bathurst, but um, you know the development of young drivers is very important here.
0: Hmm. It is, and it has. I think, shown that uh, when you have someone like Nick Perkatt and Garth Tander sharing the podium at Bathurst, or sharing the top step at Bathurst, it does give us a lot more to write about and it gives Nick Perkett's career a enormous leg up in uh, what he wants to try and achieve in his racing future, although it does set the bar high, Jacob, for uh, anything he might do in the future as well.
6: Well it it does set the bar high but he did such a great job and I mean at Phillip Island yes he stood on the grid but then he drove that car from the back into fourth by the end of his stint and and just did a really great job. So things like that prove that when you have a proper building ground and a development ground and and you give a local guy a shot there's an opportunity to really uncover some really strong talent and I think think David Reynolds is another example of that happening uh, in the past and I just think Those sorts of things are so important that we maintain. If you look to North America and there are categories there that used to feed the IndyCar series that no longer basically exist, um, you know, where that development, that onus to develop local drivers in that way went away Mm -hmm. and killed that scene, uh, especially where there's now, you know, a lack of, you know, IndyCar of open-wheel drivers coming out of North America. Um, I think that that that's a lesson we need to learn and be... Cognizant of in V8 Supercars
0: as we move forward. Mm, an interesting one, perhaps a conversation for another time in the off season. We'll have plenty of time to investigate that one. But Tony Wedlock, uh, who's going to win this weekend?
2: Oh, look, I think Triple Weight will get their win more than a podium. They'll get a win there. Um, I think uh, that Win Cup will probably lock up the, uh, l- the series on Saturday and, um, yeah, maybe that surprise winner on Sunday. Mm.
0: Jacob?
6: Win cup,
0: clean sweep, pole to pole, win-win. All right, uh, the white flag laps up next on the V8 Insiders.
3: You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
7: Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. You're listening to V8 Insiders. This week on
0: the White Flag Lap, the Will Davison promotional tour ended with the Aussies versus Kiwis beach cricket match at Coogee Beach. Former Australian Test star Mark War captain the Aussie team with the eight drivers Mark Winterbottom, Lee Holdsworth, Michael Caruso, and of course Will Davison, to complete the lineup. Former rugby league legends Bradley Clyde and Nigel Vagana. the Kiwis also had assembled a impressive lineup with former Test cricket star Chris Cairns leading the team, joined by two-time Bathurst champion Greg Murphy and Fabian Coulthard. Whilst Carrera Cup aces Craig Baird and Daniel Gaunt were flying that New Zealand flag. Davison was asked if there is any pressure in the match.
5: Oh, there's probably a bit of pressure this weekend because I don't want to blow a rotator cuff out. So, uh, you know, you know, us racing drivers, we don't hold back. So no matter what we do, we're going to give it 100%. Davison talked about
0: how tough Sydney is
5: to finish the season. It's a great event. It's a great place to finish a long season. And uh, Telstra's home event, driving the trading post car, that's where the pressure's at this weekend.
0: And what does it feel like for David to get together with such a wide range of sportsmen?
5: All sportsmen relate to each other in many ways and uh, you know it's great to be down here at Coogee Beach today and um, it's just great for Vad 8 Supercars to be here in Sydney.
0: Chris Carnes thinks the cricket match was a great lead-in event to the
6: Sydney Telstra 500. Oh mate, well any sort of Kiwi-Aussie thing is and uh, at the end of the day when you get blokes like this you know even though it's a muck around thing, no one likes to be made an idiot so uh, I'm sure it'll be pretty competitive.
0: And Australian cricket great Mark Waugh? He thought the beach cricket match was nice because it got all the different athletes together.
1: I hope they don't get injured before the weekend. I've seen a few sportsmen um, try other sports and get injured, but hopefully they won't be too competitive and knock each other out before the, before the weekend's racing. But when you get Kiwis and Aussies together, mate, anything's
0: possible. For the record, the New Zealand team won by three runs. As the Checker waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, my thanks to Tony Whitlock, to Jacob Black, and also to David Russell. As we wrap up the season next week on the show, till then,
4: keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.